One of the uh, greatest violinists alive, in my opinion, is a fellow named Joshua Bell. Maybe some of you have heard him play. He's known the world over as the cream of the crop. I'm not sure that anybody really plays any better. And regarding Joshua, you may have heard the following story, and it's, it's a story that stuck with me for a long, long time. But anyway, back in 2007, Joshua, who by then was filling concert halls, uh, decided that he was going to do a little experiment one day. See, one day he decided to play his violin in a metro station in Washington, D.C. He was curious how many people would stop to listen to him or would even know who he was. So on the given day, he set up to play in a very busy place in the subway station, and he placed his open violin case on the floor at his feet, and he began to play. And as he played, he played music that would have blown music critics away. And person after person, he noticed, walked by without stopping or paying any attention at all. Now, all of this was filmed, and out of a roughly, a little sample was taken, out of roughly a thousand people, seven stopped. Twenty-seven people dropped a little money into the open violin case, totaling $52.17. And it's stunning that the vast majority of people paid no attention or seemingly cared to pause to hear what was and remains one of the top violinists in the world. Apparently, no one even knew who he was, despite his magnificent playing. Well, several years later, he decided to repeat the experiment, although this time it was advertised. And guess what? Thousands of people went to the subway station, whether or not they were going to even get on the subway. By the way, I looked up, Joshua Bell has some concerts at Lincoln Center this month in New York City, and tickets are going for around three to 500 bucks. And I have to wonder if any of the folks who skipped listening to him in the subway, we'll, we'll be there for that show. Well, this story is a great example of something, something we all engage in, something that is part of your life and my life, something that seems to be part of what it means to be a human being. And that something is that all of us make assumptions day in and day out. We make assumptions about people, circumstances, events, Others we know well make assumptions about ourselves, and we all make assumptions about God. Now, when Bell was in the subway playing, no one assumed the world's greatest violinist would be playing in such a place. No one assumed that such talent would show up in a subway station to play a free concert. No one even noticed Bell was there, and no one paid attention to the fact that he was playing a $3.5 million violin, or worth that much at the time. Well, assumptions have everything to do with our expectations, and an assumption is defined in a lot of places as accepting something is true without question and without any proof. Now, lots of people have studied and commented on why we make assumptions and what they're about, and here's just what a few people say. One person writes, we make assumptions in order to manage and navigate and control outcomes in our environment. We all believe we're adept at guessing things. Another person says, each of us has biases, and often we assume things to confirm our biases. 
goes on to say, I notice what I imagine. And when we make assumptions, we don't see things as they really are. We're viewing life and the world around us through our own lenses, so we're really seeing things as we are. It's also clear from research that despite what we may think, more often than not, our assumptions are very wrong. We all make them, don't we? The, the person who passes on the road too close is clearly a jerk. The friend who hasn't called in a while doesn't care about me any longer. My boss or teacher did not point out something positive about me, thinks I'm, I'm not doing a good job. That strange noise means the plane's going down. The neighbor who's having a bunch of people over definitely is upset with me because she didn't invite me to come over. Only certain people have something worthwhile to say. Uber wealthy people are this. People without income are that. Migrants are this. Mountain bikers are. People who drive pickups are conservative and wearing a mask means you're a liberal. All you liberal people here today at the chapel wearing masks. Well, while there's a ton of literature on this whole topic, what is interesting is that there's some really great examples of people making assumptions and story after story in Scripture. And with each story of people making assumptions, it's important to, mo it's important to point out that there were always consequences of the assumptions they made. And here are just a few well-known examples. Moses led God's people out of Egypt into the wilderness. It was an arduous journey, lots of unknowns. And one day, Moses is up on a mountain with God. And time passes and passes and passes. No Moses. And the people begin to wonder why Moses is taking so darn long up there on that mountain. Some people begin to assume that Moses isn't even going to come back. So they propose to make a God who can lead them across the desert. And so people fabricate a calf made out of gold. The calf becomes a tangible image that people can follow and worship as Moses isn't coming back. Well, this mistaken assumption that people made about Moses being gone so long led to some really bad decisions, like making a golden calf and worshiping it. Really ticked God off that day. Then in the Gospel of Luke, you know the story. Two fellows are walking down a road feeling very dejected and sad. And as they head out of Jerusalem following Jesus' crucifixion, they assume the story is over. And what they had hoped for was not going to ever happen. And the assumptions they had not only led them to feeling far worse than they needed to, but caused them not to recognize Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, when he started walking right alongside of them. Their assumptions prohibited them from noticing who he really was at first. Then there's this story. Long before the time of Jesus, King David learns that the king of a people called the Amorites had died. David, very kindly, decided to send a group of representatives to see the grieving king's son named Hanan. And when David's representatives arrives, Hanan's advisors assume something. They say to the king, or they say to the son, I would not trust what's happening. They're not here to send condolences. They're here to spy on you so they can attack and take over the land following your father's death. So in response, Hanan agrees with this assumption and he 
orders that the beards of the representatives be cut off. And then in this great story, I tried to find a slide, but I couldn't. Hanan commands that the long robes of the representatives be cut so short so that their behinds were exposed. Wouldn't that have made a good slide? <laughs> Hanan totally humiliated the visitors. And in the story, Hanan's advisors were 100% wrong in their assumptions about David's representatives. David's representatives sought to do something kind. Hanan and his advisors instead assumed nefarious motives. As a result, a terrible war broke out and thousands died. Time after time and time after time in the Gospels, religious leaders cannot accept who Jesus says who he was. Instead, they assume that Jesus is dangerous and way off base and not to be trusted. And then there's the time that Jesus heals a person on the Sabbath day and the religious leaders say, Jesus, it's not appropriate for you to do that. And Jesus replies, in essence, you're making an assumption. You judge based on what you're seeing that I'm healing on the Sabbath day. You make assumptions based on your expectations. But you need to look below the surface to see what's really happening. And then there's our reading today from the first book of Samuel. In the story, there's a man named Elkanah. He had two wives, Panini and Hannah. Well, each year, Elkanah went to worship and offer a sacrifice to God at a place named Shiloh. Peninnah, Panini, she had children. Hannah did not. And as a result, Peninnah taunted and derided Hannah because she was childless. And Hannah's spirit was crushed. One day, Hannah, Hannah went to, the, to pray at the sanctuary. And while there, we were told she was in deep anguish and crying bitterly as she prayed. Her prayer included these words, God, if you'll look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give my son back to you to spend his life serving you. Well, close by and watching Hannah was Eli, the priest. And as Eli watched Hannah, he noticed her lips were moving ignoring the possibility that she might be praying eli made an assumption he concluded that hannah was drunk and because of this as hannah was praying eli went to her perhaps to confirm his suspicions and he said do you really have to show up here drunk you need to toss out all of your booze and stay away from it and hannah tells eli i've not been drinking I'm not drunk. I'm sad and I'm discouraged. I'm pouring my heart out to God. I have so much anguish and sorrow. Well, Eli responds by saying, well, since that is the case, may God give you what you want. Well, as the story goes, we know Hannah becomes pregnant with a boy who will be named Samuel. And indeed, when Samuel was weaned, Hannah took Samuel back to the priest, Eli, to spend his life serving God. And Samuel became a great leader and prophet at a great time in Israel's history. While this story is a story about a lot of things, it once again is an illustration of how our assumptions can be wrong. Eli was wrong about what he concluded about Hannah. Yet one thing that 
Eli did that was wise was that he went to Hannah to confirm his assumption that she was drunk. And he went to Hannah. And because he was willing to do so, he found out that she was not intoxicated at all. And the rest is history, so to speak. So given that all of us make assumptions and that it's part of our human nature, what is it that we might do with this truth in our lives and in our journey in faith? How can we manage assumptive thinking? Can we deal with it in ways that help us become better at who God calls us to be? And so here are just a few thoughts on this whole subject. While people have always made assumptions, and although folks in our country have assumed things since inception, I believe we're clearly living in a time in which our assumptions about each other have not only gotten out of control, but are off the rails. Just watch five minutes of news and you'll see lots of examples. I invite you to spend a few moments simply eavesdropping and listening to people speak in a variety of settings. Rather quickly, you will hear assumption after assumption after assumption shared and discussed. You will hear people getting ramped up and emotional and even apoplectic in response to what they're assuming. And this is troublesome because remember, an assumption is something we accept as true without question or proof. And so one of the most important things we can do in response to our own assumptions is to acknowledge that we all make them and to think about the words that we are speaking and to recognize when we're making an assumption, which is a lot of the time. It's so important to question ourselves when we make a conclusion about something or someone when such a conclusion has been reached without question or direct proof. When we're making an assumption, it's imperative to ask, how do I know what I'm saying is true? Is the guy speeding up behind me really a jerk? Is the person truly not calling me because they don't care about me? Does forgetting a person's name really mean I'm losing it? Is everyone in a political party truly the same? Does the fact that my friend is smiling much more than usual, even though she's going through a really tough time, does it really mean she's okay? Do I always know what my partner, what my partner needs just because we've been married for 40 years? It's what I'm concluding based on hearsay or fact. As one person writes, it is, is it fair to make assumptions based on how a person looks, what a person says or does not say, or how they act or don't act. Clearly, I believe God is calling us as followers of Christ to be very careful about the assumptions we make about other people. I love what one person suggests. The person says, rather than just accepting things without proof or evidence, it's far more helpful to go through life with an attitude of curiosity and a willingness to check things out rather than making an assumption. I believe it's also important to recognize that our assumptions are often not only mistaken but lead to negatives. It's assumptions that cause us to worry, to feel badly, to become preoccupied with what ifs, to have thoughts and feelings about another that are not consistent with what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And it can inhibit us, inhibit us from learning something from perspectives and views that differ from our own. Well, given all this, 
something else is really important. And that is, we need to check out what it is we assume about God. We need to make sure that our assumptions about God are consistent with Scripture and the life of Jesus. You know, it's likely that some of our assumptions about God are correct, life-giving, hope-inducing, and help us be encouraging to ourselves and to others. You see, through Scripture and through the life of Jesus, we can assume some things because they are so, because we see them in Scripture and through the life of Jesus. We can assume and be sure that God is love, that what matters most is love, that your life has profound meaning and purpose, that God has given you and me talents and skills and gifts. Jesus reveals so much about who God is. And through Scripture and the life of Jesus, we can assume, we can know that nothing can separate us from God, that we are forgiven through the cross, that the resurrection happened and eternal life is ahead. These are all things God invites us to conclude about God because Jesus showed up to give us the evidence, the proof, so to speak, on all of these things. But sometimes we may assume some other things about God that are life-depleting, guilt-inducing, and even soul-crushing. Sometimes we may assume things about God that are not in alignment with Scripture or the life of Jesus at all. Such assumptions like, if God does not answer my prayer, it means God does not really care. Or if God, if I do what God wants me to do, I will have great success. Lack of success and failure must mean that I'm not being faithful. If bad things happen, God's not all-powerful. I don't have much to offer in life. God has given me freedom to do whatever I want. I have to earn God's love. Some things just can't be forgiven by God. And there's so many other things that we assume sometimes about God that diminish us, that are not in alignment with Jesus. So I'd want to wrap up very briefly, which is some things to take away. Perhaps the most important thing is to acknowledge on this day that all of us make assumptions about ourselves, others, and even God. It doesn't mean we're bad people. It means we're human beings. So for goodness sakes, let's not beat ourselves up over the fact that we're very human. We need to remember that often our assumptions are not our friends. And when we become aware we make assumptions, we're far more likely to check out what others are saying to we are saying to ourselves or to others. And when we do this, we put ourselves in the position to challenge our assumptions. And instead, we can learn to spend energy seeking truth and facts. Gosh, so much upheaval and upset, miscommunication, distressing conclusions, broken relationships, and conflict can be avoided when we work hard to rid ourselves of making assumptions. And so I invite you, and I invite myself this day, to spend some time surveying our lives. What assumptions are you making right now in your life about others or yourself or about God? 
Are those assumptions life-giving or depleting? Take an honest look at what we are accepting as true without question or proof. Check out what it is you assume about Jesus, and is it really consistent with what we know of Jesus through the Gospels? I invite us to all challenge our assumptions, to work hard and step away from living a life based on them, and to realize that the more we free ourselves from assumptions, the healthier and more joyful we will become as God intends. And to remember this, if we let go of assumptions, it forces us to communicate with people directly, which can move us to greater levels of intimacy. And finally this, there's one assumption in life based on what we know through Jesus. There's one assumption in life we can make and live by no matter what. One assumption we can trust, even if we're in a place in which it feels like there's no proof of it. And that is whoever you are, wherever you are in your life journey, no matter what it is you have done in life, regardless of how you feel about yourself today, despite your weaknesses and mistakes and failures and mine, God loves you without bounds or conditions, period. And this assumption applies to every single human being. You see, when you get right down to it, to God's ear, each one of us, down deep at our core, is as magnificent and beautifully made as Joshua Bell's music. Whether you find yourself in a symphony hall or a downtrodden subway station. Amen.